Hello, listener. Uh, this is Happy coming to you from the future, I guess. We had an issue with the audio on this one, so we just wanted to give you a heads up before you listen. Haley, do you have any comments? Oh, um, well, I guess my comment is sorry, because it's on my <laughs> end. And then also, thank you for listening. And thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with us. We appreciate you a lot. No, I mean, sorry. Thank you for bearing with us. (laughs) (laughs) It's still us. (laughs) It's it's just us, yeah. Okay, I have some things that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Okay. Yes, I am ready. First one. You know, you knew about this. You very much knew about this, but we haven't talked about this at all. And I feel like we have to talk about this. Okay. I went to an EDM concert. Oh my God. (laughs) Actually, this blows my mind. I need to give context for the listeners. Please give context. (laughs) Oh my God. I always want to find the conversation. Haley. It was really funny. It was really funny. So so Haley and I, because we've been spending a lot of okay, so just for <laughs> just to just to catch everyone up what's happened. The kind of two months of craziness as we dubbed them last whatever, how what episode that was, um, has just been over and we're all back in our normal lives, kinda. And Haley and I do all the podcasting stuff in a Slack, but when it's just us talking, we use Facebook Messenger, which mm-hmm. <laughs> is really nice to have the distinction. And because we were, um, I was at Haley's wedding and we were like hanging out and that kind of thing. We were using that quite a lot. And so I get this Facebook messenger message from Haley who go, what did you say? I think I said, I just used Ticketmaster. Yeah. You, you I were think like, that's what I started with. I was like, Howie, I just used a Ticketmaster. <laughs> because to every, like, if anyone knows me, like that is news. That's news. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So I don't know if listeners actually know this, but like, um, Ticketmaster is like our client. So for me, going to Ticketmaster is something I probably do. Like, I don't have to do work with them directly, but like the company where I work does. And I don't personally go to Ticketmaster all the time, but visiting Ticketmaster.com is a little bit like <laughs> for me going to your online bank. <laughs> it's just, you don't do it all the time, but it's something you should do like every now and then. And then you just phrased it in a way that was something like, <laughs> I purchased concert tickets or something. Yes. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, it was very like I purchased tickets to a concert, <laughs> and you were like, "Great, which one?" I was like, first of all, the concert is implied. <laughs> like you don't have to say concert <laughs> tickets. I don't know. I've never even been on Ticketmaster before. And then also, I genuinely was like, Haley, here's how people use this language in this phrase. You say you got tickets and then you specify which concert. (laughs) It's not just, oh, any concert will do. (laughs) I just, well, but you didn't know the guy and I didn't expect you to know the guy. So I wasn't going to be like, I got concert tickets, but you don't know. I've gone to obscure concerts. (laughs) I need to say, oh, I I got tickets to this artist or, ah, I was just... Well, okay, so that (laughs) happened. So I messaged Tabby and I was like, I got concert tickets. And she corrected all of my language. And then we figured out that it was an EDM concert. And then she was like, really? (laughs) Yeah, also I feel like 
if I was to take over your life for like a day and I would have to make you go to a concert, I would not make you go to an EDM concert. I would, I would, I would, I would make you go to something that would be like lovely and beautiful and that kind of thing. I don't know. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. No, I um, I did not buy these tickets because I am a, a true EDM fan at heart. Surprise! Plot EDM was so like <laughs> it's just that's not that's not like why a whole music that. genre. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, that's not me. But my now husband does love EDM. Okay, thank you. And it was his birthday, and I was on it enough to know that this musician was touring work. I guess I've, I like pick up some of the things that you put down happy. I get like <laughs> some of these things. So I realized like I'd been told he released a new album and in my head, I was like, that might mean that he's going on tour. Wow. I can connect dots here. And then uh, well, I'm wrapping up on you. That he was. So I bought tickets as a birthday surprise. And so I couldn't tell my husband, but I told happy because I was like, I got these tickets and I'm all excited. But yeah, it was an experience to say the least. It was an experience. See, already improved language. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. So now I need to know everything. Can you tell me um, what venue did you go to, first of all? Like what kind of it venue was, was it? It was an outdoor venue. <gasps> so it was covered, but outdoors. Okay. Um, huge stage. And we were, you would have laughed so much. You would have laughed so much because what happened is I was actually flying in that day. So he was picking me up and then we were going to drive to the city where the concert was and then have dinner and then go to the concert. Okay. But what happened is like one of my flights, something happened and I'm, I didn't have a connecting flight. So he actually picked me up hours earlier at a different airport than he was supposed to. Mm -hmm. And we showed up like they said that it started at seven. I think we showed up at 5.30. What? Yeah. Why like, did we just go for a dinner or something? So we did go for dinner. We went for dinner. And then we were like, we don't have anything else to do. This Like we even walked around for a bit. Like there was even tourism. I like, I went, we went, oh my God. tourists did stuff. And then we were like, okay, hey, we don't have anything else to do. And we really want to get parking. So, cause we're old. So let's go. I was literally so, about to say, when did you turn 74? <laughs> so, we show up an hour and a half before oh, and, and you know, I knew enough to know that 7 p.m. wasn't going to be him. It was going to be like the people who were opening for him. Yeah. So we show up an hour and a half before the even the openers. So then we get there. Oh, we're in line with all of oh, the gosh. young kids. I'm realizing oh, really, gosh. really, really quickly. I'm just wearing like a T-shirt and jeans. Yeah. Underdressed for this EDM concert. Are there people wearing like fishnet things and neon things? There was were, there were fishnet everywhere. There yeah. was fishnet everywhere. There was face paint everywhere. There was like, there were all sorts of like fancy hairstyles with like pigtails and little buns and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I was just wearing like myself. I was just dressed like me. And um, oh we just looked like normal I wasn't people. ready to hear this. <laughs> I knew you could the whole time I was there, I was like, if she could see me right now, she would make so much fun of me. No, but wait, wait for the best part. Because we got there so early, we got let in obnoxiously early. Oh, God. We bought one drink and then we just went to the front of the, like, I don't even know what it's called. Like, 
it was the standing area. General admission area where you stand. The general admission where you stand. We went mm-hmm. right to the front because okay. we were like of the first 12 people to enter this <laughs> venue. So, so you're like already tired by the time your musician starts. But yes, okay, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was exhausted. But yeah, no, so we just got there. We get one drink. We drank it while we were waiting. We never went to refill our drinks because then everything got packed and like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to leave. But, and then the girls next to me, there were these two little, like they weren't little, but they were little because I'm tall, but there were these two girls next to me and they were so cute. And one of them had to go to the bathroom at one point and the other one like spread out her arms and legs across the railing so that no one could grab <laughs> and I just looked at her and I thought to myself I could not do that like if he leaves because he has to go to the bathroom like that's it that's the word we're on I can't say someone's spot anyways huge major tangent but that was a crazy experience I'm okay with never doing it again but I did it (laughs) okay I feel like ah okay I feel like for somebody who is not like a person who goes to a lot of concerts you did almost everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. But honestly, he had a good time. My husband had a okay. good time, and that's what it was about. So I don't really. That's good. I don't. Really did you dance? Him. There was an elbow. There was like a little bit of arm dancing. Okay, but not huge amounts. Did you enjoy the lasers and the? My God, confetti! Like nobody's and the fireworks. I was in the fire, like actual fire. Yeah, I was easily impressed with everything. <laughs> And because we were so close to the stage, we could see the little like runners that would go stuff the confetti. And the first time it was happening, I had no idea what they were doing. So I'm not even paying attention to the music at this point. I'm just like, what are these guys doing? What are they waiting for? Then one of them was like watching the baseball game on his phone. And I was like, are they just hanging out? Okay. I'm not even listening to the music at this point. I'm just watching these men do their jobs. And I'm like, Okay, Haley, I've probably been to like 700 concerts in my life and I have known a gazillion other people who have probably gone to, you know, some significant number as well. And never have I ever heard somebody be like, yeah, then I saw the guy stuff the confetti. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. It was all of the special effects were like, yeah, I was very odd. I think because I'd never, well, I've been to a couple concerts when I was younger, but I'd never been to like a concert like this where it's just like, okay, they have invested a lot of money into what is going on with the fire and the confetti and stuff like that. It was incredible. These shows are rolling like two million a night. So it's like... That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they have some budgets for things like explosions. He had just been in Madison Square Garden like the night before. Yeah. So. so are you guessing, was there maybe like, do you have an idea? Was there maybe like 15,000 people there, 20,000? Oh, I don't think it was that many. I think the venue held at most like 6,000 people. 6,000. Okay. That's yeah, a it was a smaller, it's like a cute outdoor venue, but I don't, yeah, I think it was maybe, maybe that, but I think it was, might've been a little bit less. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So, but you, I don't think on purpose, but you hit on something that is literally my favorite thing about going to see live music, which is just seeing all the people who show up. Oh, it's fascinating. It's just so, to me, it's so interesting because my job is literally in like, how do you sell tickets to things? And it's very important that the marketing matches the kind of culture. 
And so whenever I go to a show, I feel like, sure, you know, you do your thing on stage. That's obviously really fun and everything. But I am also okay with going to music that I'm like, maybe not the like biggest fan of just because I find it so interesting to see like who's there, who do people go with? Like sometimes you see whole families, like grandma's there, like little eight-year-old kid is there and like it's multi-generational. Sometimes people are just like, (laughs) I'm guessing in this case, like people are probably just like, super party mode, super extravagant with the outfits. This was not like a multi-generational yeah. family concert, I'm guessing. Well, there was one family and I thought they were really cute because they showed Aww. up at the same time as us. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> the parents with the the kid and clearly the kid Aww. was the one who Aww. wanted to go and he was all like excited. He was wearing like the band t-shirt and like Aww. there was the whole thing. That's um, super cute. And I was just kind of like, this is funny because like clearly... Clearly, the parents are here for their kid, which I think is oh, adorable. I think some of the cutest thing. I took my sisters to uh, see Justin Bieber when they were like oh. fourteen or fifteen, so they were like smack in the like Justin Bieber fan girl age. And I'm like not opposed to Justin Bieber. Like I would not have gone myself, but um, it was just so cute to see all the dads with their little girls at the Justin Bieber concert. I am like, there should be a special. Mm-hmm place in heaven for like dads who take Aww. their little girls to Justin Bieber concert so or cute. One Direction or whatever. It's just because obviously I can see how some people are too young to go. But, you know, it's super cute when the parents are like bringing, you know, yeah, little ones. It was very cute. Yeah. My my favorite experience was um there was one summer where a week apart, I went to see the British band called Blur. I don't know if you'll know this. It's basically no, I don't know this. <laughs> like a rock band from the 90s, like a British okay. one. And then Taylor Swift, like this was like a week apart and it was both in Hyde Park and London. So it was the same place, um, you know, right next to each other. And like at the British band, the crowd got so drunk and people were so rowdy. And I swear the crowd was like, a foot lower than they should have been because nobody could stand up straight and people were just leaning against each uh, other on the crowd and people were buying oh like multiple beers for them. It was uh, it was probably the most kind of like drunk concert I've ever seen. And then the following week, it was like Taylor Swift and it was just all the little moms with their little girls <laughs> sitting on blankets, <laughs> you know. It was That's so cute. That's a big contrast, especially because it was literally in the same place. But so this is why I think you went literally straight yeah. into the deep end of the live music experiences you could have gone I, to. I think I did. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe one day I'll take you to like what I would think would be nice for you. See, that I would be like as an expert, I would firmly put you in the like expert category Mm -hmm. I would want to go to a concert with you if you chose the concert Mm -hmm. and you gave me all directions like this is what you're going to wear this is what you're going to bring this is what you're going to expect like you're just going to follow me and this is when we show up and I'm going to decide where to sit like if you were in charge I think I would enjoy it because I don't know enough Mm-hmm. Like there's so many unknowns. It's like, what kind of shoes should I wear? And especially because yeah. I was traveling, like I just went off of a plane, went dinner and then went to this concert. Like I didn't change. I actually did change in the car because yeah. I was in like a business shirt and I was like, I'm going to put on <laughs> a t-shirt right now. So at least yeah. I did make that call. Um, But yeah, I think if you were in charge, yeah. I would be okay with it. Also, I think just a pro tip, if anyone's listening, if it's something you're not used to, I would start in like a seated 
situation because the difference in being able to like run to the bathroom, run to the bar, and like you're not worried about losing your partner, you don't have to elbow your way through a crowd, makes a huge difference. Wherever, whenever we go, next time we're in the same city, I <laughs> I would choose seats for us just because it's okay. just way lower stress. And I would also not arrive so early. Um, and I would give you a sample of the dress code. <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate that. I would appreciate that. What else do you have for me in stock? Oh, I have a couple of like random ones, but do you want to dive into those more or do you want to dive into like the episode? Let's dive into a couple of random ones and then okay. we can go into the episode. Okay. So this is very, very random. Yeah. But while we were driving across the US moving mm-hmm. three days in a car. Obviously, at some point you get bored. And we started doing online quizzes. Okay. And my husband wanted to do the Hogwarts quiz. The official one that is acceptable to you? No, he wanted to do the BuzzFeed one. Okay. Which I explained to him that this was highly problematic, <laughs> unscientific, and not something that you could take anywhere with you. And um, I was very passionate about not doing this quiz but he was driving and so I was administering the quiz so like a whole other level of problems but anyways so he did the Hogwarts quiz and then I was there and I was like these are interesting questions I'm gonna run through the BuzzFeed quiz okay to see what I got yeah and I was not expecting this response <gasps> what happens Okay, so BuzzFeed tells me, you know, you get to all the way to the bottom and it's like, this is what your house is. And Mm -hmm. mine goes, you are all the things. Yeah, I've seen that quiz. I was like, this is, this is not cool. This is not cool. So it essentially told me that I am mostly Ravenclaw followed by the rest of them, but they're all in the like 20%. So the like exact quote, I have it here is you seem to be an almost perfect combination of all four houses, which is incredibly rare. You're equal in your intelligence. Okay, the rest of it is just like really nice. But then it says, as we know, though, the sorting hat takes your preference into account. So it looks like you get to choose your own house. Congratulations. And I was just like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. No, this is not. I I don't trust it, obviously, for the reasons that we've already talked about. I still am firmly, and this even put me most percentage in Ravenclaw. So I still feel very accurate about all things Ravenclaw. also, I, I get annoyed when things are, I know binary is not the word, but it's like you can only be in one Hogwarts house. Yeah. yeah, don't tell me I'm all the houses. That does me no good. What colors do I wear? Yeah, exactly. And also I've seen sometimes people do the, what do you call it? Like shipping? Like there's a famous couple and you put the two names together. Like, Uh-oh. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I know. Like Brangelina. Like Brad and Angelina was Brangelina. Wow, we yeah. went to the same people. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was trying to think about someone else and I'm like, nothing came to mind. No, nothing. It's just Brangelina. It's just Brangelina. That's the only ship we have here on this. That's the only <laughs> relationship that we have. <laughs> But people are doing like Raven the Rin or something. If it's like Ravenclaw oh, and the Rin together. Oh my gosh, no. And I'm like, no, but like, it's you can't be a little bit pregnant. <laughs> like, oh, okay, went there. Either you're pregnant <laughs> or you're oh, not. And I feel like the Hogwarts houses are, they're binary in that way. Like you're either like, whatever, however you come to your house, that is your house. You can't just be all the different houses. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's also like you can't go to multiple universities. Like you go to one university. Like 
just because you like other ones, obviously you can do a different degree at a different university, but that's different. It's like some things just have a time and a place and that's what you have. And that's the same with the houses. You just, yeah. you have to, you have to just accept, but saying that since they, since they did ask you uh, that you would get to choose, would you choose differently if that was Kuth? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that if you'd asked me that question when I first discovered my answers, I would have mm-hmm. been like, yeah, I would have chosen Gryffindor for obvious okay. reasons. Like I've mentioned like my last name being Griffith. Because you're the hero of your own life. I was like, I always just assumed I was in Gryffindor. And yeah, I'm sure there's some part of me that's like, I'm the hero. <laughs> but um, now that I know more about Ravenclaw and especially, oh my gosh, who was it that said the Ravenclaw dormitories are like the most beautiful? I think it was Andrea on Twitter. It was Andrea. Okay. Mm -hmm. So after she said that too, I was like, there's so many extra reasons for me to be enjoying Ravenclaw, but also I just feel like I identify with it. So now that I have looked into it more, I Mm -hmm. am fine with these results. I wouldn't do anything differently. Okay. I also have a Ravenclaw notebook now. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that you sent to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the sweetest gift ever. Did you did I write a note? You wrote it. You wrote um in the notebook and it was so cute. I don't know. Can I say it for the yeah. listener? You you wrote like this really cute note where it said, like, I thought that this notebook would belong to me, but it turns out it belongs to you or something along those lines. <laughs> I just thought it was the sweetest thing ever. But yeah, I think it's funny that you bought a Ravenclaw notebook, presumably for yourself then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I actually bought it for myself and I actually had written like a page in it. I was going to use it as like a recipe book or something. And then I ended up just tearing it out. And I was like, this doesn't belong to me. And I posted it to you. And this was actually super cute because I don't know if I told you this, but um, I don't know, actually know if we want to say this on the podcast, but we had to open a PO box for just business reasons. And this was literally like the week we got the PO box. Oh, really? Yeah. So like we just got in the PO box and he just sent me the, the address for it. And I was like, I don't need to send some official documents to that. But it was super fun that I got to like send something to the PO box. Yeah. Like just as we kind of got it. So Haley like sent photos to me like of her with the PO box. It was super <laughs> cute. I did. And I sent like a video of me opening the PO box. It <laughs> yeah. was, yeah, to anyone else, very lame, but to us, <laughs> extremely exciting. And honestly, it's like an older post office too. So the PO boxes, like some people are thinking, if you've seen a row of PO boxes, they're just those little squares. Some people are thinking of just like the silver ones that have a number on it, mm-hmm. but no. This place is an old, old post office and they're really, really cute. And it's like brass and there's like glass in front of them with the number. And so you can kind of see like they're a little, you can kind of peek in and see if you they have mail. They are literally stunning. It's almost like a film set. Like they look, they're beautiful. Like an, like an old spy movie would have to go yes. in and break into one of these PO boxes, kind of thing. Good description. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so I was thrilled. So obviously there were a million photos and videos. <laughs> yeah, maybe if Haley doesn't mind, we can put one in the show notes. I don't know if this is official, um, private business or if oh, we yeah. this can be shared with the with the people. We'll see. Maybe one day. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe one day. <laughs> okay. So do you have one more fun thing for me or do we now have to get all serious? <laughs> I have one more. I don't know if this is kind of a fun thing, but this is just like a uh, me. I wanted to mention thing that I am really excited that you spent some of your birthday preparation time redoing your LinkedIn profile. That made me really happy. 
I love that you redid your LinkedIn profile after our conversation. And it is just so on track with how I think birthdays should be spent. <laughs> okay. Working on personal goals and LinkedIn and stuff like that. Yes, it was just, it was great. It was great. So thanks for okay. letting me know. <laughs> so this is um, for the people I... I was inviting quite a few people over for like a little birthday party. And then um, this was the for a Saturday night and this was on the Friday night before. And instead of like, you know, planning the party maybe or figuring out what kind of uh, food I would have or refreshments of any kind, I was just like, oh, why don't I update my LinkedIn profile? This Friday night seems like a great time to do that. I already <laughs> so I was just like updating. And it was actually great because I'd just been editing the LinkedIn um, episode. And the questions I asked you were legitimate questions that I actually had. And you just kind of answered all of them. So <laughs> I kind of just knew exactly how I wanted everything to go. And then, oh, and I didn't tell you at the time, but what prompted this was, and the reason I didn't tell you was because I couldn't find it again. And you may have to help me with this. What was that there was a um, article or an interview or something with you that you shared like fairly recently. Um, and at the bottom of um, the article was like a little card that just said like Haley Griffiths works in public relations at Buffer. And then there was like a brief description, like a bio of you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. I don't think I do. Is it maybe a blog post with just yeah. like, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think like, so this was not hosted like on Buffer and it wasn't on your own website. It was like an oh. interview with you. This is why I couldn't find it again because I was like, ah, oh, I don't know exactly when do you, this came Do you up. know what the interview was about? Um, I don't know. Just working in PR, there are a lot of interviews with me out there. <laughs> <laughs> this is like recent-ish. Anyway, so maybe recent this will... Ish. Um. Anyway, so scroll to the bottom and there's like maybe two paragraphs like description about you. And I'm like, oh, this is a pretty good bio. I was like, I'm sure I can just like do this. But for me, but basically copied the format exactly. <laughs> and so yep. then I was like, oh, maybe that should be my new Twitter. No, my new LinkedIn description part. And so actually that article that now I don't remember uh, prompted me to rewrite my description that prompted me to update my LinkedIn, which... Then by the time I was done, prompted me to be like, oh, I should probably send this to you. Oh my gosh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because I think with the bio things, um, <laughs> often I think what's hard is not necessarily knowing what you do yourself, but it's knowing like the format. Yeah. Um, and I actually yep. asked you about this as well, like two weeks ago or something, because I was asked to be a mentor at an accelerator back in Iceland. And they yeah. wanted a bio. Yeah, which was super cool. And then I was like, oh, Haley, do you just have the format? Like, I don't need you to write it for me. I just, I'm like, what's the format that is just the bio format? And yeah, so actually, thank you so much for helping Aww. and inspiring and educating me on how to be better at LinkedIn. Aw, <laughs> thank you for saying that. I'm really excited about your LinkedIn. So Yay. yeah, this is good things. People, please keep sending me LinkedIn <laughs> profiles and comments. Yeah. Okay, so um, okay. since um, you are a constant source of inspiration, Haley. Oh. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is my corny start. Let's do it. <laughs> sorry. Um, I just, um, I've noticed that 
I don't really have any frame of reference for this, but I've, I sometimes find that I'm spending a lot of time just organizing, just looking at things and figuring out things and planning things and scheduling things. And I'm just curious because I don't really know, like how much time do you, just as an example and as my friend, like spend organizing? Do you feel like you're mainly just doing things and you do things as they come up or do you find that you actually do spend quite a lot of time organizing something and setting things up and scheduling things and building systems? And I'm just curious because I don't actually know what's normal. I don't really know what's normal either. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like my answer varies on mm-hmm. this. To give you some background on like something I do a lot, which is pitch people, mm-hmm. which in theory is like a, a short email. It's like a couple of lines in an email. Usually have spent a really, really long time preparing for that, like researching the reporter, writing everything out, making sure that it sounds really good. Um, rereading it multiple times. Like sometimes I even email it to myself to make sure the formatting looks good on phone because most reporters are probably reading it on their phone, um, which is just like an extra step. But so something I as simple as like, extra step. yeah, something as simple as sending one email for me can take a really long time if it's a pitch email. Some mm-hmm. of the other emails, like definitely not, they'll be really fast. But I think, I so I don't have like a number, but I would say that I probably spend a lot of time organizing but then once it's set up it's set up if that makes sense so like my whole system and Todoist is set up and calendar is all set up and I feel like that is quite organized but I actually so we talked about this being a topic a little earlier and it reminded me of a quote and I actually just pulled it because I really really like this quote it's from Abraham Lincoln and I have never forgotten this quote I think that someone told me about it once and I've always just I always think of it especially with this kind of question and he said give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. Mm. And I just really like that because mm-hmm. I, I think that I do spend a bit of time organizing, but then by the time it's like, all right, time to chop down the tree. Like I have everything I need, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, because I feel like I'm kind of the same. I can spend what sometimes feels like an ungodly amount of time just researching and thinking and it doesn't necessarily seem like it's going in any one specific direction. But then when like, let's say I need to write like a little landing page for something or I need to email someone or something, like when it when the time's for it, I literally just sit down and write it and it takes me like 20 minutes. Yeah. But, but it's like, it's hard to quantify. But I feel like that's almost more research rather than like, or I don't even know, or thinking time. I don't even know. Rather than like, organizing preparation yeah or preparation Mm, I don't know it's just I don't know I feel like sometimes I'm I feel like we'll spend like a whole day just mapping out when stuff needs to happen and when other stuff needs to go out and when should I talk to this person and I'm like is this productive time but I think it is productive time because yeah otherwise I would be panicking all the time so like I need that time yeah 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 I totally agree. I think that the preparation is important. So let's give some examples of preparation. So you said like researching, because I want to make sure that people understand what we're talking about. Because yeah. you said like researching, for me, it's researching too, actually, like researching reporters or mm-hmm. like writing things down and just like really thinking through my processes. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm just, yeah. 
Okay, can you, do you have any specific examples or do you want me to find specific examples? I mean, I think that PR one is probably the most specific I can get. Okay, yeah. I, I don't even know why I'm asking this on the podcast because I don't like have a fully formed opinion about this. I was just, um, sometimes I feel like I'm spending a lot of time on these kind of what feels almost like admin, which is like this, like research. And also there's another thing, which is just something I've been curious about. It's like, how much time do people who work in whatever industry like spend reading? Mm. Because I feel like I spend a lot of time reading industry news and industry updates and just knowing what's happening. And it doesn't feel productive necessarily sometimes. But then when I'm in a conversation with somebody, it is productive that I actually know the context of the conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you feel about like reading as a part of your work life? I mean, I'm subscribed to a lot of email newsletters and then just like a lot of news blasts. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, yeah, just similarly important for me to keep up to date on what's going on in the industry. And yeah, then it helps with conversations. I just remember there's this girl who is my friend who is, I have so much respect for her. She is she just she's like a typical London story. She just came to London. She didn't have any connections or any foot in the door anywhere. And what she did, she's uh, currently like a manager now for a few different artists, actually. So she's really killing it at the moment. But when she arrived, she didn't have any connections or anything. And we were having a conversation once and she said like the two things she did was just subscribe to every industry newsletter and then go to every event she could find. Yeah, um, because in eventually you actually just do know things and you do know the people, <laughs> and you just kind of like brute force your way in. And just having that one conversation with her, I just found it so validating because I I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of did that a little bit because I spent a lot of time reading and just trying to know what's happening. But also when I'm writing stuff, it's actually helpful. I'm like, oh wait, wasn't there yeah. an example about this in this thing? And yeah, so that's just what I was curious about. I think it's hard to put an exact number on it. Oh, it's yeah, it's, it's impossible because it also just changes. Like you said, like sometimes yeah. you have a lot of like worky work, <laughs> you know, where <laughs> you're just, you know, responding to something or working with your team directly or whatever. But there's like, yeah, this fills the time. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like this like preparation work, which feels a little bit unofficial sometimes, is like the foundation to build like good systems for yeah. the rest of your like, so when it does get busy, you have things in place that you know what you need to hit and when. Exactly. Sort of. So we both have spent a lot of time like being prepared and creating systems to help us mm-hmm. get organized or to help us get work done. And then, yeah, when you get into these situations where things are gone a little bit wild, it's you can kind of rely on your systems a little bit more. You don't have to check in as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think the reason why I'm curious about like the preparation time is because they definitely are the foundation for systems that kind of like run our lives all the other time when we actually have to do the work and, you know, have like bigger output, if that makes sense. And so I actually think it's really interesting when you then kind of put your system to the test, like when you're getting married or when you're really busy. (laughs) Like, I just think we had some interesting thoughts about that. But like, do you, how would you explain it or describe that process? Yes. So we've both been doing lots of travel, doing lots of like 
moving around. I personally moved. I planned my wedding. And I think that throughout all of this, I feel like all my systems were really, really under a lot of pressure. And if I think that being in those high stress situations where like you're getting a million emails and you have a million tasks and everything is all of a sudden really crazy in five different directions. Like it's not just work. It's like work plus all these other things. I really felt like all of my, all my systems, like my productivity systems, my to-do lists and stuff like that were being put to the test to see if they were working. And I don't know. I don't think that they weren't working, but it definitely felt like I should probably be making some adjustments. Like I, for example, one of the things that I always do is if I get an email, not necessarily my work email, but sometimes my work email, if there's something that I need to do before I can respond to that person, I put it as a task because I need to like do that before I can even respond to that email. So there's something actionable there, but I'm very against like leaving all of your tasks in your email inbox. Like your inbox is not your to-do list because those are all things that other people have assigned to you, if that makes sense. So that's why I transferred over to my own to-do list and then I look at my priorities first and then I'll look at sort of like the other things that I need to do. But something that was coming up a lot was that I just wasn't doing that. And so when I would go into my inbox, I was like, oh, I can't even answer all these emails because I have all these things to do first because I haven't moved them over to to Todoist because I've had too many Mm. other things on the go. It's sort of just like a long string of events, but definitely over the last two months, I just feel like my systems have been under strain. I don't know if there's a better way to say that. Yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. And it's, um, I feel like there's constant tension between your system has to obviously like be effective, but also I feel like sometimes the system can't just be too much admin. Yeah, yeah. And so it's tricky to always have to like move things between systems and like that can also just be too much. And I can see how maybe what you're experiencing there is like the system you had worked really well, maybe when you were not also planning like a wedding and whatever, but maybe it doesn't scale to that point. I think that's just it. I think that it doesn't scale. Like my personal email, I really don't use that much anymore. So usually checking in every now and again, and then I'll go through all the emails was totally fine. Mm -hmm. But that just hasn't been the case because there were all these vendors getting in touch with me. Um, But then also all the moving, like all of that was happening through personal email as well. And I put a contact form on my website. So this is obviously my own fault. But now (laughs) I'm getting like messages from people from my website and that all goes to my personal email. And so all of a sudden personal email was something I need to check more regularly. And I just hadn't built that in Mm, to the process. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned email specifically because I've I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I swear to God, I was having this conversation uh, with the US team when I was there. And I swear to God, I think Spark, the email app has genuinely changed my life. (laughs) I want to hear more about this. So literally what they do, which is the kind of game changer feature is that they, and I know Gmail does this, but because you can put all your email inboxes. So I just have all my, I have six email accounts and they all, there's a lot. Yeah. I don't get like massive volumes through each and every one, but they, they are just for different purposes still. But I just get them all to the same place. So work and personal has always just been mixed for me. And then, but they have smart filtering. Um, and I know Gmail just kind of does this on the browser where it's like it sorts by newsletters and, you know, kind of order confirmations or whatever of those. And then, so literally when you wake up and check your email, it 
posts what it thinks are the emails you're the most interested in to the top. Mm. And I swear it's so good that I don't think I've missed one since I started using it. And I genuinely think their algorithm is like, is this a person you email? (laughs) 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 Because since I started using Spark, I just realized most of the emails I get are kind of automated, either newsletters or order confirmations or whatever. I still need to get them. And like we were saying, like staying up to date on what's happening in the world is important for both of our jobs, whatever. But they are not the same weights as you know, somebody is emailing you about a specific thing and they are a person and they're waiting yeah. to reply. And um, it, it's just so helpful because you can even just scan through and you're like, oh, here are all the emails uh, that are waiting for me that are like, have any kind of significance because there's a person emailing me about something, which just means something else than all the kind of automated stuff. And then also it's just, it it, it allows you to, I think one of the big problems with emails is um the context switching is so hard. So yeah, when you're like you see a newsletter and then your vendor has messaged you about something and then your family member gets in touch and like there's and maybe you get a letter from somebody who's following your work online and wants to ask you something and you're constantly going between kind of modes of operating. And what Spark does really well is that because it's sort and you can actually sort it by email account as well, but still have the smart filtering. So now, for an example, and every music industry newsletter I get, it just all collects together. And then I can spend like maybe two hours just going through all of those and seeing if there's anything I need to read. And it just batches the tasks of the emails in a way that I genuinely think has been life-changing for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is really interesting. I'm sort of feeling like maybe I should try Spark. Yeah. I, okay, I don't know how you do the personal and work emails in one, though. Maybe that's something we can dig into. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like the lines for me are so blurred with just my whole life anyway. So hmm. I genuinely now have client conversation over Facebook Messenger. <laughs> okay, I would hate that. I um I just like any line I, I just don't know how you do it. Any line I would want to draw, the people in my life just don't allow me to draw. Like it's just <laughs> impossible. I have family Slack, I have client conversations with Facebook Messenger. I hate WhatsApp. I hate it so bad. But everyone in the UK uses WhatsApp. So it's just like I I can't I can't create nice lines and have everybody I know follow them. It's just No. That's not possible. Even I have WhatsApp for like two people. (laughs) For two people. I hope they know how important they are to me. Because if it weren't for them, I would not have WhatsApp. I genuinely hate WhatsApp. They are the only reason that I have it downloaded. Pisses me off every time. I go through looking at apps that I could delete. And I'm like, not you, WhatsApp. But not because I don't want to. (laughs) I just want to add one more thing about um, Spark. And I swear that they're not paying us to say this, but I... Oh, yeah. No, we are not being paid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Spark, um, they have also team features where, like, you can talk to your teammates within Spark about the specific emails. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. So let's say I know for you it's a little bit different because you do PR and almost like no one else in your company does PR. But if you were working with somebody and they could respond to an email, you could literally just say like, hey, you can take this one or something. So you can make notes 
within the app. And I actually think sometimes those kind of silos, communication silos, where you can have a specific conversation about a specific thing within the platform and you don't have to be moving things in and out of different systems is a really good feature. What's the difference between that and just like what we do is I'll like forward it. To, I'll get, well, I won't forward it to anyone else. Let's be real. Everyone else is forwarding stuff to me and they're like, hey, I think this is supposed to be like, hey, can you handle this or can you deal with this? Um, so is that very different? Um, see, like, I feel like I don't really know your workflow and I actually haven't really used a lot of the team conversation features because I normally just handle things and then I have conversations with people differently if it's about something specific. But it's I think sometimes it's just nice that if the flow of the conversation is only one way, if you're accepting everything, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I think if there's like a lot of back and forth, it could be helpful. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, maybe I'll look into it. I just use Gmail, which I think we've talked about before, mm-hmm. but I have it set up really specifically. Like I don't just have their default yeah. inbox. I, I think I have their like sort by importance inbox, which I really like. Also, another thing I did just now that we're talking about this is um, I think it's within the Gmail platform because it talks to Gmail still. So I think actually if you have some filters set up, I think it might uh, they might get transferred over. So one thing I did is I just created like a rule, like an automation rule that everything that has the word order confirmation in the email gets pinned mm. just because a lot of the times maybe like the shipping takes long or whatever. And then by the time I've like received my purchase, I can just unpin it. Oh, cool. So it's just like a little process like that. And I actually find with Spark because they have like a pretty prominent pin section. Um, I find that quite helpful. There was uh, something I was working on the, the other day and I was having like a lot of back and forth with a person and I could just pin that conversation. And it basically, by the time you've gone through the rest of your email, it moves the pin section to the top. So you see your pins quite a lot. So yeah, it's really, really improved my email flow a lot. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll try it. I, um, I did a little experimenting on my own with email notifications, but it wasn't through Spark or anything. I just, I went from having no email notifications on my phone ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah to turning them on because I was missing things because like I said, all these people were emailing me and things were just really chaotic. And I was like, I think I need email notifications so that I can see it constantly. And I I probably spent like a month with email notifications on and it was always craziness because even though Gmail like let me say, they only did it after a while. There was like, after a while of getting email notifications, they were like, hey, do you want us to only send you email notifications for what's important? And I was like, yes, definitely. Let's do that. And I checked it off, but it only did it for, I think it only did it for my work email. So for personal, it didn't do it. But then Mm -hmm. I I wanted it for personal. I was trying to turn it on. So anyways, it served me well when everything was really chaotic to have email notifications on because I needed to know immediately if like, something was happening with the house that we were selling and someone couldn't get into the house for some reason. Like we were trying to have people go clean it or we were having someone turn off the sprinklers and they couldn't get in. And all they had was my email. Like I needed to see that immediately, not like whenever I felt like checking it. Um, But I recently just turned them back off because I realized like life is a lot less chaotic and I don't need them anymore. And they caused me a lot of stress and no one likes waking up to a million email notifications on your phone, especially when a ton of them were not important. 
Yeah. I, I feel like this is just, again, a case for Spark. <laughs> I feel like this episode has just turned into like, Haley, you should try Spark episode. Okay, I'll try Spark. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in like, what are the other email apps? Because I feel like I've heard a lot about Spark from not just from you. Like, I think I've seen a lot about Spark on Twitter. Like, it seems very yeah. popular. Spark's doing really good. And actually, because I, when I got Spark maybe six months ago or something. Okay, um, when I got it like <laughs> six months ago, <laughs> they had smart notifications. So I actually turned my email notifications on for almost like the first time in forever. And because it was smart notifications, it didn't bother me. And I think we literally have an episode called Grandma is Flagged as Important. Yep. Which is like a reference oh, yeah, to that. That's great. Yeah, so I don't remember the number of that, but you can see it in the, in the feed. What? But then, um, we'll probably get to this later, but then uh, I had to set up a new phone, long story. Um, and suddenly I was like, I seem like, I seem to be getting a lot of eBay notifications from Spark these days. I wonder if like their smart filtering has gone worse or something because I was I was so impressed with how they did it. And then I checked and suddenly when I set it up again on a new phone, they defaulted to show you all notifications. And I was like, why would you do that? You're a killer feature. I just basically had to turn it on again and now I have it back on again and it's okay. amazing. Yeah. I can imagine that would be a lot better. Um, mm -hmm. I was just going to say in terms of like other email apps, the only other one that I've tried in literally years because I've been just using Gmail yeah. religiously is Superhuman. And I think this is if you're in the tech space, a lot of people are talking about it because they've been just doing a lot of marketing. Mm -hmm. So I got into their beta. I think they keep calling it a beta, but I feel like they just let everyone in. I don't know. Feel free to challenge me on that if anyone is saying that that's not true. But yeah. I, I got in, they do this whole setup call with you where like you have to book time to have a video chat with one of the people on their team and they set you up for how to use Superhuman as their email tool. So I spent like a half hour on the phone with someone, them showing me their product. It was essentially a product demo. And then they were like, here you go. This is your inbox now. Um, and I think they did, I got the first little while. No, I think you had to pay immediately. Like just to get into the beta, you had to give them credit card information or something like that. But it's 30 or $40 a month per month. I didn't even remember how much it was, but it was a lot. And I remember experiencing it and being like, I'm obviously not the target customer here because this is not high value enough for me to be paying $30 or more per month. Yeah, that seems steep. To be using an email client. Yeah, that seems a bit steep. I think Spark is potentially paid, especially if you go for the team functions but my work just set all of us up on spark so like i'm not nice for it myself yeah because um my boss really loved newton which was an old old one r.i.p newton um, and then when like the team set up spark i was one of the like not the first ones <laughs> people think i'm an early adopter but i think i just know super early adopters so by the time it gets to me it's like tried and tested <laughs> i am not an early adopter uh, i am I, not I, really like, that will drag me away from my routines and systems with like my tooth and nail i was just not that like i don't like messing around with my systems i'm just like no. it's something but i can tell you spark was a huge improvement for me that's good to know. You know, just while we're on the subject of email, I've seen a lot of people recently using Outlook as their main email. Apparently the mobile app is really good. Yeah, people rave about Outlook. And I'm like, what What happened? <laughs> I remember the first time somebody said that to me, I was like, haha, you're a loser. And he was like, no, you don't understand. This app is exceptional. And I was like, okay, I guess I got told. Yeah, I guess Microsoft, they're just doing it. 
yeah, no, they're doing good things. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny what you can accomplish when you just focus on building a good product. <laughs> crazy. It's kind of crazy. And then what is it like um, Apple? People still use Apple Mail too. Apple Mail. I think Mail. Do you use Apple Mail? I use, I Yeah. I used to use it basically until I got Spark. And then I had a kind of dual system for a while where I had the two kind of next to each other. But I've, I feel because, because I'm, that's not it. No, but, but it's because I'm like not a super quick adopter. I was like, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I trust this new system yet. So, but now I've been doing it for long enough that I do trust it. And now I basically never open my mail app anymore, but I obviously still have it if I need to go back to the old fashioned way. I just opened up Outlook. Mm-hmm. Like, like, product marketing page and it's beautiful yeah I don't think I can switch I just don't think I have it in me but I'm admiring from a distance it's okay to have a bit of a crush yeah I have a bit of a crush it's okay <laughs> I you know I just saw a look across the room and I was like dang that's a good looking email <laughs> provider <laughs> but I'm not going to approach it I'm just going to look at it okay I'm closing the window now but I think for me I feel like the theme of like what has been happening to me, I feel like this whole year, and especially because there's been a lot of traveling for me this year, it was my birthday this weekend. And a lot of my friends were like, I think this is maybe the second time I've seen you this year. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> um, but I, f- I feel like I was kind of pushed into adopting Spark for work because my system was not scaling. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I had this a few years ago where my paper diary system wasn't working and I had to move to like an online system because my assistant didn't scale and I feel like spark is like a second or like another version of this where like whatever I was doing just didn't scale and I had to do something that was more powerful basically yeah 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 I mean I think that makes sense I really feel like I'm coming to a time when after the dust settles because I feel like everything's been wild and now everything is like in place but there's like still dust settling in my life Mm -hmm. once everything is like truly calm this is probably going to be around the holidays in the end of 2019 that this will happen for me I think I'm going to go through a systems reevaluation. I genuinely have um some tasks since like February or something oh my gosh and I was like you know what I'm not going to do this till Christmas because it's more like infrastructural changing so one thing I really want to do is I want to change from using Chrome. Ooh, to what? To probably Firefox. I've heard so many good things. I've heard so many good things. Yeah, also because I don't really want Google to just have all of my information. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. There's that. Um, also, Firefox is just like a better, um, or not better, like obviously, it's, but apparently like the values of Firefox are really good. And I want to be more like conscious about who I choose to use like that. Isn't it Mozilla? Mozilla? They make yeah yeah Mozilla Firefox yeah I've heard really good things about their company as well like which I yeah. I think is what you're saying with the values like I when I see them get press like they're doing really cool things well maybe I'll yeah. do that too I think that let's <laughs> let's yeah. add this to my list of things because I want to go through this is like a total aside at this point but I definitely want to go through all of my to do to doist tasks and just make mm-hmm. sure that everything on there is something I'm actually going to get done like to doist is not where I store ideas and then. My Apple Notes, like that is just kind of, it gets a little crazy in there, but mm-hmm. I just use it to jot things down, but then they shouldn't live there. Like most things don't live mm-hmm. there. They need to be moved and nothing has been moved. I have like all sorts of stuff on there. And then just like desktop cleanup and file cleanup. Like I feel like oh I need to God. do like end of year cleaning for my systems and laptop. I need like, I would almost just like take two months off work. Just uh, 
That'd be glorious. That's my ideal vacation. Like, do I need a beach? No, I just need no notifications incoming and like to look at all my systems. Yeah, it's honestly, I've been so yeah, when I don't remember, but um, I think it was probably my boss who was just thoroughly unimpressed that I was using Google Chrome and was like, why didn't you use Firefox? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I should change. And then I was like, I, my mind was cast back to the days of um, setting up the password manager. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That one day that your whole life got totally sidelined because he saw you using... Yeah, no, I, I get that. So I when, like, he, when he walks by and you're working, you gotta be careful because he could change everything. So um, I think this is going to be like when I come back to work after Christmas. Yeah. I, I literally, in February, March, I was like, this is going to be a new year task. Is yeah. Because I was actually thinking about you. I was thinking, oh, Haley did all the password things. Um, and I feel like this is kind of similar, but not quite the same of like just setting up an entirely new browser that's like fresh and clean for the new year. That just feels like a lot because I don't know about you, but I have a lot of bookmarks, like a lot. I probably don't need all, but oh, I have a lot of them. All of my bookmarks just go to Instapaper. I don't use bookmarks. I just go to Instapaper or I start. Oh, but I don't use bookmarks. But see, that doesn't make, see, that's not what I use bookmarks for. So you're talking about like putting things in Instapaper so that you can oh. easily access them to read them yeah. later. I use bookmarks for like like internal documents, for example, that it's like, oh. oh, my boss and I keep a one-to-one document that we reference each week when we do our one-to-ones together. And I just like, I have like, so I have a whole folder called Buffer and inside of it are all, all just mm. internal documents. Okay, there's one thing I've noticed that I do, and I don't know if anyone else does this, but actually... Yeah, I know maybe like one or two people also do this, but I navigate from the URL often. I just learned that you could do this. I don't know why I didn't know that you could do this. And then I saw someone doing it and I was like, I've been a fool. So that's <laughs> that's how I found like our show notes document. Now I just type show notes into the URL and then I find it. But yeah. oh my goodness, I... <laughs> don't know why I haven't been doing this my entire life. See, but this is why also like changing a browser is kind of like a big deal because mm, yeah. I don't use bookmarks, but, and also because I have, I told you, I have like a work browser. I have my personal browser and then I have the make work work browser. So things like Twitter direct to each of the different Twitter accounts and yeah. internal documents and like even logins and things are different in the different browsers. But building that history where you can just navigate using the URLs. This <laughs> is like, yeah. It's a lot. A lot of yeah. internet time needs to be. <laughs> and too, like some of these, some of these like bookmarks that I have are not yeah. things that I will remember what they're called. I'll just like yeah. always navigate through and be like, okay, what was that again? Oh, it was called this. Okay. Like this is how I find that, if that makes sense. Just because yeah. a lot of them are like really obscure internal things. I've even gotten in trouble because um, we changed our URL structure at one point. Okay. And I, I would navigate to like the old URL to go to like a specific place. And apparently that was like really bad because it's like the server costs were like super high. Or something. I don't even know. Like, I don't know why it was bad. And, and <laughs> I was like, can you stop navigating to the URLs? And I'm like... Specifically to tell Habby that she's navigating your aisles improperly. <laughs> it's like, um, 
yeah so that's kind of funny <laughs> but yeah okay so you're now navigating using your house this is new this is like i'm building it into my routines but this is like the way that i navigate on my phone by swiping down and typing in the app mm-hmm. i don't like search for the app i like for most most cases which i but it just takes a little while to build the habit and then you just have the habit yeah 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 so this is why i want to do it in the new year when it's like i understand yeah Okay, so let's go back to this whole your phone got stolen thing because you sort of like mentioned that. But let's talk about this because this is an actual nightmare. Okay. Oh my gosh. So the funny thing about this is like, I didn't want to make this a big deal, but it just, it ended up being like a bit of a big deal. And so what happened is the day before I flew to Denver, to go to Haley's wedding, <laughs> which was, I was basically away from London for probably six weeks. Yeah. So this was like a 10 hour flight, major trip. I'm not going to be home for weeks. Um, I'm doing a million different things while I'm like on the road. And, you know, this was, you know, big deal kind of thing. And then I am wrapping something up at work. And so I'm working like a kind of late. My flight was on a Tuesday. This was a Monday evening. I'm walking home. It's maybe like 7 or 7.30 and I'm just walking home. And I have stated on the podcast and I don't lie to the people, Haley, or to anyone because I'm not a very good liar. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah, so like I, I am not like an idiot who is just like reading their phone messages all the time as they're walking. Um, but I'm walking home and I see like a cool graffiti whatever so I am like taking a photo of it and then I genuinely, I swear to God, I heard there was like a cyclist behind me. So I like step away so I'm not in the way because I'm a nice person. And the cyclist, literally I see his hand snatches <sighs> the phone out of my hand. And I am like, I was legitimately just using the phone. I was like framing my cool graffiti photo, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so London, I know. But um, yeah, so uh, this is literally, it's getting to eight o'clock. I'm flying the next day and some oh jerk on a bike just stole my phone. And I swear uh, to God, Haley. I don't know what I would have done. I think I would have chased, tried to chase him down. <laughs> But obviously, I have never been so angry in my entire life because oh. I talk about this all the time. I'm like religious about this. When people come to London, I'm like, be really careful about your phone. They snatch them out of your hands now. They're on bikes. Like, don't stand close to a big intersection with your phone out. If you need to check your maps, step to the side, blah, blah, blah. Like, I am yeah, meticulous. we've talked about this. Like, you've yeah. told me this when I was in London and like, yeah, we've had this conversation so many times. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, it's just so rude. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I can, I like maybe like two years before I heard my friend, um, her phone got kind of snatched out of her hand, but she was like, it had just become a thing then. So she, she was completely caught off guard and she was so surprised. And she was saying, she was just kind of walking, reading her phone and suddenly her phone's not in her hand anymore. And she has this like moment of like disorientation. Like I was not confused. I like, instantly knew what happened I like saw the hand and I just go like Hulk mode angry like I normally don't get angry but I got angry and I start running after the guy you did oh my gosh I like like chase him around a corner I am like 
fuming. I am like, no, that's my phone. <laughs> like running after it. And then obviously recognizing the futility of my efforts, I am like, okay, I'm not going to be able to chase this guy down. Also, like it's probably dangerous. And I see like a worker person in like a van who's just packing up the day. And I go to him and I'm like, okay. can you, this can I please going. borrow your phone to, um, called the police because my phone was just stolen and then as like that guy is calling the police for me these other two guys come like running behind me they're like we saw the whole thing we saw the whole oh thing oh my god <laughs> they're like volunteering to be witnesses oh my goodness <laughs> and then i've actually had my phone stolen before so i am uh i have it insured i can just call the insurance company like i wasn't upset um about that part of it I was just first I was just angry that they snatched the phone out of my hand like that because that is just that's just like violating a little bit oh for sure and then it was actually funny I reported it to the police and the police lady is like um do you need victim support (laughs) (laughs) I was like I actually love that they have that but I was like no no I'm fine but thank you um But then the, Not the like, phone stand, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I actually like I've actually walked on to like the scene of a crime when somebody else's phone got snatched. But and that lady was like in hysterics and crying that. and stuff. Yeah. So she she might have needed victim support, but I was fine. Um but what was annoying is that I just realized like having your phone stolen like the day before a big trip like that. Yeah. That's just like a major incident. Yeah. I mean, that's all of your information. Well, that's that's more like that's something that you rely on a lot during travel, right? Like I usually have my boarding pass on my phone. I have like all this stuff on my phone, addresses. Yeah. Not that they aren't also on my laptop, but it's just convenient to have them on your phone. Yeah. And it was actually, I wasn't going to like make a big deal of it. And I wasn't going to be like, I know I'm not not talking about on the podcast, but I wasn't going to be like, oh, my phone got stolen, you know. But then I realized maybe somebody need, I was just about to leave for six weeks. Maybe somebody wanted to get in touch with me like the day before I left. And I didn't want to, what, call people and be like, hey, did you want to get in touch with me? Like, (laughs) so calling a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit for some shows as well. So I ended up just posting on my Instagram story like, hey, if you're trying to get a hold of me, like I'm not ignoring you. I just, my phone just got snatched out of my hand. I'm going to get my UK SIM card back again tomorrow. But just, I'm not ignoring you. Basically, that's what I was saying. Um, And then there was this one person who replied and was like, Wait, I'm going to find it. I have it here. Yeah, and somebody said like, oh, isn't that just like a well-needed break from your phone? Mm. And I was like, no. No, someone stealing your phone is not a well-needed break from your phone. These people were not performing a service when they snatched your phone out of your hands. (laughs) Yeah, and these I aren't like, the mental health police coming to take your phone to make sure you're okay. That's not who that was. <laughs> no, and I actually, I like, so I was distressed and angry because I also wanted to pack and not just be on the phone with the police and the insurance people and their phone company and everyone. And I had like this second coming of this anger, and I'm like, no, dude. 
This is not a well-deserved break. This is like a critical tool for me to stay in touch with the world, to figure out where I'm going, to access my travel plans, etc. And it actually happened at the airport when I um I kind of lucked out because the check-in lady turned out to be Icelandic. Oh, nice. In 10 years of living in London has literally never happened to me before. <laughs> and anyway, so we were kind of bonding, but I was flying to the United States. So there's like questions and stuff I have to answer. Yep. And so she was like, oh, do you have a ticket out of the country? And I was like, obviously I did, but I had to find it. And like, I was locked out of all of my email accounts and I had to literally pull out my laptop uh... at the airport. And I was like, curse you well-deserved or well-needed break from your phone. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is, no, like, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah. I know. I think that <clears throat> phones get a lot of phones, get a lot of like flack from people being like, everyone's addicted to their phones. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but there's not, there's a reason that people use phones and it's not because they want to be addicted to them 100% of the time. Like sometimes it's, for reasons like this, like because they're actually really genuinely useful devices that can help in our everyday lives and not having them can actually be really, really stressful. Yeah. And it's just things like I was locked out of my email accounts because I had two-factor authentication, which I needed a text to verify it was me. That's terrible. How do you even get around that? I had to just get my UK SIM card. Like I just, I basically, the day I was traveling to see you, Oh, and this was another situation. The day I was traveling to see you, I this was the only way to make this work. I had to um, get to like a different neighborhood than the one I live live in to pick up a SIM card, and then like with all my luggage and everything, because my flight was like in the afternoon. It was like I had all the time in the world, um, and then I was like, oh, how do I book an Uber with all the uh-huh. luggage that I have when I. Like I, I still had my old phone, so I had like a phone I could use, but like I couldn't set up my Uber account because it had to verify that it was me with a text and I couldn't. So I literally, I swear to God, Haley, I was just like a broken person <laughs> and I went to the oh bus my stop goodness. and I was just going to take the bus. And then the street that I live on, it's not a main street by any stretch of the imagination, but very occasionally a black cab drives down. Oh, Nice. And so as I'm kind of walking out of my like building area, I literally see the bus that I was going to take go past me. I was like, perfect. And then <laughs> it was like a 12 minute wait for the next one. I'm like, even better. And then I literally just pray for a black cab to drive down the street. And I swear to God, within like five minutes, a car black cab comes and I am kind of absent-minded because I'm just like focused on the trip and stuff. And then as it gets closer, I'm like, that's a black cab, that's a black cab. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like hi, <laughs> can you please take me to like the next neighborhood? <laughs> oh my <goodness. laughs> So I completely lucked out uh, and it all worked out in the end. But man, that was just so much admin and like having it coincide with the trip is what made it stressful. Yeah, no. no and then having was- people be oh. like, oh, isn't it nice just to like not spend so much time on your phone? I'm like, no, no. I'm also like liaising with like 20 different people of like whom I have to meet in different parts of the world who I get in touch with (laughs) using my phone, you know? Yeah. And it's also like if you want to spend less time on your phone and you're conscious person and you know yourself and you think like, hey, I want to spend less time on my phone. There are tools that you can use (laughs) 
to do that. Like Apple has built-in tools like downtime, but then also yeah. you can just, you know, set your own timers or figure it out what it is that you want to do so that you spend less time on your phone. I, I just think that like losing something is not a solution to like a whole other different problem. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because I've been, like I just hit 10 years of living in London. Wow. And I know it's a really long time. And then one of the like, big things I say to people 10 years now is kind of big but even when it was like eight years or something but when I would people would be like oh yeah that's a bit long but whenever I say this phrase that's when people call like oh wow and <sighs> that, is that I like moved to London before there were iPhones mm, yep so like and everyone's like but how'd you get around because everybody <sighs> uses maps and I was just like, yeah, you just got lost a lot. <laughs> like, that's oh what my happened. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have yeah. never lived somewhere for 10 years in my oh, wow. entire life. I've never lived in one house or <gasps> in one city for 10 years. Oh my God, really? Yeah, never. Well, not even when you were growing up. No, because my dad was military. So we moved a bunch when I was little. And then we lived on one military base for a while. But then we left that military base. And we moved to like a small town outside of it. And then I went to university. So I left. Oh, wow. <laughs> so oh, I think wow. that, yeah, no, I think that maybe the longest I've ever spent somewhere when I was like that one house on the military base might have been the longest. And that was only seven years. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, I know. I've had people tell me because I just moved again and I was mm -hmm. only in Colorado for exactly, almost exactly two years. I was in Colorado, like from the day that I moved there to the day that we left, almost exactly yeah. two years. And I've had people say like, that's not a really long time. And I'm like, well, that's kind of standard in my life. Wow. But okay, on the 10 year subject, mm -hmm. I actually find this really interesting, not just because 10 is like a nice round and neat number, but because I was recently in DC and I was talking to a woman there and she was explaining to me that people in DC, I guess the understanding is sort of after you move there, after you've been there, there are like different stages of leaving. So she says that people, there will usually be a mass exodus of people after they hit their five years in DC that they're like, this isn't for me, I'm going to leave. And then she said that the next exit point is 10 years. And at 10 years, people will be like, this isn't for me, I'm going to leave. But they will have lasted 10 years. And that if you make it past 10 years, that's just where you live from now on. That's what she was saying is like the understanding of DC. And she was at nine years of living in DC. And I was like, what do you think? And she's like, I think I'm just here from now on. Um, but I thought that was interesting that she was saying that like, she's noticed it with her group of friends and like other people in DC that it's just like, either you last like less than five years, five years, 10 years, or you're there forever. <laughs> I would actually, yeah, I would, I would actually add a two-year point there for, for at least for London because so many people move to London and just burn out immediately and they just it spits them right back out again, which is like it can be kind of ugly to be honest because <laughs> London can't just break people. I don't know, <laughs> it's just really big and really expensive and it's really hard and yeah. you have to, you know, it's not an easy place to live and then. Also, a lot of people who come here are either Canadian or Australian or from the Commonwealth. Um, so they come here on a two-year visa. So a lot of people yeah. are forced to leave after two years. Um, mm. And I've seen people, so many people like leave in tears because they actually don't want to leave. Um, Which, that just breaks my heart. I feel like... Oh, visa stuff is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Oh, I just feel like if, if people become a valuable part of the community, they should just get to stay. But that's a whole other thing. Um... So, yeah, but five years is definitely a big one. And 10 years is like a really big one as well. And I feel like um, 
I have been in a mode of reflection for pretty much the last like six months. I'm like, do I want to yeah. here? Like, That's what I wanted to talk things. to you about. Because I know that you've been, you've been thinking about this since you and I were in New York together. We had a conversation where I was like, do you think you're going to stay in London? You were like, I'm thinking about stuff. Yeah, I feel like I don't have a good answer to that. It just, um, it's really hard to be in a country that is so turbulent. Um, yeah. Because no one is really making any long-term plans. No one really knows what's happening. And I realized um, after the Brexit election that like, this is really not my fight. Like I'm not English. Like I don't have to be here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't, I still don't have a good answer to that, but I feel like you live in the United States. That's also like a turbulent place. Do you find that like, has an impact on you or? No, I don't think it does, honestly. it Because um, yeah. it's turbulent, but not in the same way that the UK is. There are different types of turbulent, I would say. Yeah. So it's, it's just sort of like there are plenty of people just going about normal business and you can definitely live like a really normal life and totally ignore politics. Not that that's what I'm saying you should do, but you absolutely mm-hmm. can do that. Um, but I think for me... I don't like entirely have a choice in terms of like, just I am married to someone who has a way less flexible job than I do. And my job is flexible. So we're going to live wherever his job tells him we're going to live. And that's a new place now, but I really like it anyways. I enjoy, I enjoy getting to move around. I definitely miss Canada a lot though. I think if it were just up to me and he had a super flexible job, we would a hundred percent be living in Canada right now. But that's just yeah. not the reality. So wait, I don't think we actually said it. Where did you move to? Oh, yeah. I live in the state of Virginia now in a small, small-ish town called Charlottesville, which is a college town, which I have learned is a very important thing to know because it impacts restaurant capabilities and traffic. Ah, uh, okay. So that's an that's aside. That's so cool. So yeah, yeah. So I live in Virginia now, which is... Where I live is like two hours south of Washington, D.C. So for our non-U.S. listeners who do not know where that is, um, it's just like if you see Washington, D.C. on the East Coast and you went like two hours south, a little bit southwest, um, that is where I live now. And it's really cute. And I'm super, super happy to be back in the East Coast time zone. So it's it's good things. It's all good things. (laughs) I feel like it suits you so well to also be close to like a big, important place like DC. Like I feel like you've already been there a few times for like yeah. weeks and stuff. Yeah, I've only lived here a few weeks and I've already been twice. So this yeah. is the first week that I will not be in DC. But oh, I, wow. um, yeah, I am really, really liking it. And there's like a train system and I just love public transit and I love trains. Oh, and yeah. I love trains. Yeah, train so much. Living in Colorado was really nice, but you are not close to anything except Colorado when you're in Colorado. Like if you want to get anywhere, you have to get to a coast and then transfer and then go somewhere, you know? So, but there are so many direct flights out of DC to plenty of places where you can get on a train. I can take a train all the way up to New York, all the way up to Boston really. But I mean, I don't think I'm going there. I'm probably (laughs) nothing against Boston. I just don't have any like reasons to be in Boston. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I. it's so funny because I'm so excited for you to be on the East Coast. But because I spent like a week in Colorado 
for your wedding. <laughs> I just completely fell for Colorado. It's so beautiful it and really it's pretty. so nice. And I just actually became aware of it. I'm like, oh, I'm probably not going to go here again. Like, or like maybe yeah. one day, but like it's not in any immediate plans because like, why would I? Yeah. But I was like, oh, it's. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And now I really want to go skiing in the Rockies. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but I'm so glad you're on the East Coast. That's Me too. Amazing. And close to a city. Close to a city is important. Close to public yeah. transit. This is like all all good things. Although I will tell you the first week that I was back on the East Coast, my entire routine and schedule was just upended. Not like I wasn't even... So there was like a period where we didn't have our house yet. So I wasn't actually working from like a, a normal space where I had a desk. I was working from sitting with something on my lap, my laptop, which is a nightmare. But mm-hmm. so that aside, it was because I had gone from mountain time to Eastern time and everything was two hours later than I was expecting it to be. So I was like, gotta get ready for this 930 call. Like gotta put makeup on. And I was like, oh, the call is until 1130. And so for like <laughs> a week, I was like adjusting to the fact that things were happening at different times than I was used to them happening at. And that took that took a little I, a little while. I, I feel like I I got totally thrown off because one time it wasn't even noon yet, <laughs> and you were just like replying. New like, York time, New York time. Yeah, I was like, why are you in my space? This is like my <laughs> quiet morning time, and you're like in it now. <laughs> yeah, and then, not only am I two hours closer <laughs> to you, but I'm already a morning person. So I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I haven't finished my first cup of coffee yet, and Haley's like. <laughs> yeah you gotta like up your schedule happy <laughs> so I Make swear to god I'm like yeah you're you're creeping in on my morning <laughs> okay thanks for making me sound like a casual pest infestation <laughs> no it's just it's not that it's just I think I've said on before it's just you get used to a certain routine and I'm used to you popping up and like the team I work with on the west coast popping up like in the afternoon at some point so when it was like, it wasn't even early afternoon. It was literally still morning. I was like, that's real early. <laughs> yeah. Some days I wake up at 5 a.m. depending on what is going on. And oh, wow. I actually am trying not to use my phone. So you might see less of me in those early hours, even if I wake up at that time, because I'm trying not to use my phone in the mornings. But I'll just okay. be awake anyway. So there's a chance, especially in those first few weeks when I didn't really have a routine and everything was just chaotic. I was yeah. definitely using my phone right when I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no phones yeah phones but I'm glad you're settling nicely in so what you've been what two weeks in your new house three I think I feel like all your big moments that were coming up have now kind of passed like you have moved yeah. you did get married everyone said yes in the right places <laughs> people were wondering <laughs> yeah sold a house bought a house all the pets survived <sighs> everyone made it to Virginia alive Shout out. Should we, should we start with the re-listening or should we start with Alice? Yes. Oh, we should start with Alice. We should start with Alice, right? Yes. So quick shout outs. This one should have been shouted out in episode 18. And I think it was sort of like referenced in the follow-up, but we wanted to include a link here. In episode 17, after that episode... Um, one of our favorite listeners, Alice, mm-hmm. sent us a tweet that she actually wrote up her own version of show notes for episode 17. She linked it to a Notion doc. So we will link that for anyone that's interested. But it was just 
super, super cool. And um, she was mentioned in that one as well. So I feel like that was part of the reason for adding show notes there too and like writing up all her thoughts, but it was super incredible. Um, So Mm -hmm. just shout out to Alice for writing her own version of the show notes, which was amazing. Yeah, it was just so cool. And also she just added her, and we actually ended up referencing the insights she had about to do with and that whole conversation that came from Alice, that came from like this specific document. And it's just so nice because while we obviously do love the tweets, it's sometimes nice to have a little bit more space to elaborate. And I don't know, she just, it was so sweet. When I saw it, I was just, (laughs) I I got a little bit emotional. She got emotional as well. And then she created the hashtag, hashtag make work, work rocks, which is just amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, Alice. I love it. Thank you, Alice. We have more listener shout outs too. Yeah. Two more from Twitter. Okay, so this one is actually, this one blew my mind because um, Haley and I were like scrambling to get everything ready on the kind of podcasting side before our trip, move, wedding, extravaganza, events, whatever. (laughs) Not our wedding, but like a wedding. My (laughs) wedding, not our wedding. I said the wedding. I think people get from context which wedding we're talking about. you said our wedding. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) But... And we ended up just having this like little casual chat after recording. And we were just saying how, like, I think we, like the podcast has grown and whatever. We were just having like this reflective moment. I don't know, whatever. And then I swear to God, I literally hang up the phone with Haley. I like go to my living room and I check Twitter and Andrea sends us this tweet where she's literally re-listening to all of the episodes for three reasons. And the first one is because she liked noticing the growth of the podcast and I was like did he hear our personal conversations like we were literally just talking about it and then she also listened again because she wanted to understand that like jokes and references to previous episodes (laughs) this makes me I didn't realize we had in jokes Haley, but I guess we now have in jokes okay I get it I can see that (laughs) (laughs) and then also she said uh she's finding the advice and tips valuable was I just I was really touched by that. So thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. And Andrea wasn't the only one re-listening. So we also heard from Brienne and Mm -hmm. she said that sometimes she re-listens to podcasts. If the first time she was listening to it, she wasn't in the headspace or the actual space to absorb specific contents. Like maybe she was listening while driving and she wanted to make notes and she obviously wasn't going to make notes while driving because she's safe. Yes. So um, it's super cool that People are not just listening, but they're re-listening. Um, that means so much. That honestly, I feel like what a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? What a... An honor? What an honor. Yes. Thank you. What a like yeah. a stamp of like, this has been worth your time if you want to go back and re-listen to it. So thank you everyone who's listening and especially thank you everyone who's re-listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have to shout out Jan. And if you're re- re-listening to episodes, you'll notice that the first ones don't sound as good <laughs> as these ones. And that is because Jan mixes the audio for these podcasts and he's amazing. And it's the only reason that we can, you know, make higher quality things now. So thank you, Jan. He is at wearelisteners.com. Yeah. And then um, if you want to find us on Instagram or Twitter, we're at mworkwork. You can also email us at hello at makework.work and our website is makework.work. This is the first time that you ever went through <laughs> fake website, email, Instagram, and Twitter without 
even just saying it, I think this is huge. I know. I was like, I was like, it just came out of my mouth. I'm like, is this happening for real? Is this happening? You can't like second guess it while it was happening. You just, I'm glad you just kept going. Yeah. It was perfect. Oh my well God. done. Thank I know we you. need to do actual claps, but like claps for happy first <laughs> and claps for the podcast later. Like we're 20 episodes in and finally I can do the list of places where you can find us. <laughs> Okay, second second take two. Wait, yes, take two. <laughs> take two. Actually, my editing future self is going to actually love us for this. So, <laughs> Hi, Habby's editing future self. Aww. She's quiet. She can't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for a response. No, I was waiting for us to stop <laughs> making noises so I could do the take two. Sorry, I'm, I'm quiet. <laughs> I'm quiet.